0: All right, so welcome listeners, uh, new and old, to this week's edition of News from the Drug War Front, brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Home Minimisation and Advocacy, and also The Connection, which is Canberra's peer-based drug and alcohol service for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander clients, and it's part of CARMA's um, overall service. Um, as Marion said, uh, News from the Drug War Front. Um, obviously is here to help promote the services provided by Canberra but we also report on news stories that are relevant to drug users from Australia and around the world and we aim to promote discussion and education about the need for different approaches to dealing with the harms caused by drug use in a world of prohibition. So the show does report on the damage caused um, essentially by the um, ratification of the 1961 United Nations Single Convention on Narcotic Drugs uh, although there's been some thaw of Prohibition in some countries, sadly most of the policies of Prohibition remain largely unchanged and we'd like to acknowledge the efforts and in many cases sacrifices of peers and activists throughout the world who have contributed to the struggle against the war on people who use drugs. Indeed.
1: And Karma and The Connection provide a wide range of services. As most of our regular listeners will know, but those new ones, so they provide services like advocacy, peer treatment support, education, art therapy support groups, mentoring and referrals. Above all, Karma and the Connection are harm reduction services. Karma and the Connection are located at Bill Conan Churches Centre, shop seventeen, level one fifty-four Benjamin Way. The drop-in hours are at 10am to 4pm Monday to Friday. You can contact them on their landline on 6253 3643 or by emailing karma at info at karma.org.au, all one word. Uh, karma can assist people with a wide range of services, including advice and advocacy about opioid maintenance treatments such as methadone, suboxone and buprenorphine, tablets and long-acting injectable buprenorphine like BuVital and Sublicode. Accessing and being, trade, and being paid sorry to treat your Hepatitis C in conjunction with Hepatitis ACT. The project is run. Uh, it's called Reach, Teach, Treat, Thrive program. And although they've been inundated with requests for um, being tested and getting their blood taken, um, they still are keen to get have you come to them and have be tested for hepatitis C because
0: we can cure it now. Well, one it's, of the other good developments, Marion, sorry to interrupt, that's is tough. that the um taking the blood is now going to be able to be by finger prick.
1: Rather oh, than yes, ha- having to find yes, without
0: having to find a vein. Which yes. for many people is problematic. So a lot
1: of people especially if they've been injecting for a long time yeah very difficult so that's really wonderful Um, Karma also helps people to access detox rehab and other treatment services it helps people to cope with and overcome the impact of stigma and discrimination directed towards them as drug users and that happens unfortunately too many times to count in too many places where it shouldn't happen Uh, There's a walking clinic with a doctor and nurse on Wednesday from 10am till 2pm in partnership with Directions ACT. You don't need an appointment for that, so 10 till 2 on Wednesday. That's tomorrow. Uh, Peer education workshops, including the opioid overdose recognition and response with naloxone training and provision of take-home naloxone and The Fix, a series of one-hour paid workshops that aim to educate people in all aspects of harm reduction. Provide assistance and advocacy for people who are experiencing problems navigating social services and that is very often a problem. You really do need someone to advocate on your behalf. If you, users are used to not being able to ask for stuff for themselves or being told no Mm. simply because they're drug users or they're known to be drug users or they're suspected of being drug users. And that's a discriminatory process, but nonetheless, it shouldn't happen. But if you have someone advocating for you and saying, they can say you deserve what what you're asking for, where you can't say that for yourself because... For some reason, it's wrong to say I deserve this well, or moral. I'm entitled to this. Like we don't have human
0: rights, like we have no entitlements. And it's yeah. not, wrong. not right, not right, Jeffy. What are no. we going to say? Oh no. it's moral support and also and, information and advocacy and that's right. Just,
1: and and being taught how to speak for yourself. Yes by having someone say to you, yes, you are correct. You are entitled to that. You are allowed to ask for that. It is available for you because there are sometimes people who are just not prepared to provide services to someone who doesn't look like a person that they want to give a service to, Mm, despite the fact that they're funded to do that. Anyway... Connections Harm Reduction Peer Education Program, Muragadi, is for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander clients or First Nations people. And the Connections staff offer all the same assistance as Karma, but in a culturally appropriate way that's tailored specifically for First Nations Clients, if you're having problems with associated with alcohol, tobacco, or other drugs, and want judgment-free assistance or just a chat with someone who can empathise with your experience, give Karma a call on that number again six two five three three six four three. If we can't help you, we'll do our best to find someone who can. Exactly.
0: All right. This uh, news from the Drug War Front report. Um, uh, includes uh, stories that are relevant to drug uses from Australia and around the world. Many of the articles featured in this program come from other sources, including the mainstream media. Uh, The contents of this broadcast podcast do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of karma karma and the connection. Karma does not condone nor condemn drug use, and we do not promote illegal activity. However, we recognise that drug use happens and will continue to happen regardless of laws and United Nations conventions. As such, Karma focuses on harm reduction messages, drug treatment support services, advocacy and community development. We seek to reduce the harms associated with drug use and its criminalisation through the provision of programs that foster community development and the delivery of person-centred holistic healthcare. Karma advocates for equity of health service delivery for all people. Like you were saying before, treat people like Normal human beings. That's right. Yeah.
1: We are entitled to be treated like human beings. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you say. It's actually a matter of learning how to be a human being who is entitled to be treated as a human being. You're still a citizen of the country. I That's mean, right. Um, and they're, you know, like it or not, you know, the services are there to be provided, not selectively but to everybody, regardless of where they come from or what they
0: look like or how old they are or how young they are. Well said. All right, let's go to the first song. I thought I'd play the old classic, uh, I'm Waiting for the Man, uh, The Belfort Underground. How about that? How about that? Yeah, yeah.
1: it's um, yeah, the, the very first, you know, Lou Reed. I mean, how how obvious is Lou Reed's voice? And just think, twenty six dollars in my hand. Yeah, times have changed. Were well, those are days <laughs> what I remember? The first time I remember was thirty dollars. Yeah? <laughs> it's one of and the great twenty six.
0: <laughs> the great drug songs too, yeah, isn't it? Really, one of
1: the original ones. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and it was early twenties when you wrote it. So yeah, so pretty yeah. amazing. It certainly is. All right. So we mentioned that we were going to talk about the uh, Can Test Health and Drug Checking Service, which is now up and running, um, and you know, it's a great initiative. Absolutely. A lot of credit should go to everyone who's been involved. But we've got a um, a letter from Gino Bumbaka, who's the president and co-founder of Harm Reduction Australia, and it's basically um, directed to members, volunteers, and supporters. And Gino says, "Australia's first um, picked, uh, fixed site." Um, he says pill testing, but it's actually, I would say, drug checking Drug service. checking unit, yeah. Um, I mean, the two trials at Group and the Moo festivals were pill testing. Yeah, but, but this, this is bigger than that, more broadly based than that. Well, it's it, it yeah. powders, you know. it's it Powders, is, potions it, and pills. It is broader, yeah. broader based, you're right. So it's now open in Canberra. He says your support and the efforts of so many people over many years made this possible, and sometimes it's important to stop and realise just what has been achieved. While it would be impossible to list all the people and organisations, including the many not involved with pill tests in Australia, we need to understand that the work of everyone willing to advocate and push for policy reform and services is rarely easy and can come with many personal and professional risks. In the case of Canberra, the advocacy work done by pill tests in Australia was thankfully strongly supported by the ACT government, Labor and the Greens, and this directly led to the establishment of a fixed testing service. The agreement to have the service delivered by local service providers guided by pill testing Australia's advice and assistance, including our equipment and some key staff, is a model that we can easily replicate nationally. Mm. The independent evaluation commissioned by ACT Health from the Australian National University will also hopefully assist in national discussions at some point. We can report that the level of support from MPs across the country is growing and we are receiving regular requests for advice. The strengthening public support for pill testing also continues with the uh, AIHW reporting that 57% of Australians support pill testing and only 27% oppose. For people living in the ACT, where there was a lot in, a lot of information made available in the media at the time of the surveys, due to the festival pill testing um, services being run by pill tests in Australia in, in the ACT, There's 70% support. I'd also like to highlight a statement at the opening of the new TIC site that was made by Pill Testing Australia's ambassador, Jen Ross-King. Quote, When MPs tell me about pill testing uh, giving the green light to drug use, I correct them and tell them it actually gives a red or amber light because it asks people to pause and take a little time to discuss what they're about to do with qualified health professionals. Great point. I think...
1: So congratulate, congratulations to all of us for getting it done and let's now work towards the national rollout of this important public health service. And if you'll indulge us, I want to single out some of the key pill-testing Australia individuals and organisational members for their efforts to make this service a reality. So Dr David Caldecott, Ms Steph Zanitis, Associate Professor Mel McLeod, Emeritus Professor Tony Mackay, Patrick Yates, Cassidy Whitfield, the staff of Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy, the staff of Directions Health. Really important that they thank all those people. I'm pleased to hear it. With best wishes and thanks, Geno Vumbaka, OAM, President and Co-Founder, Harm Reduction Australia. P.S. Please consider contacting your local state and federal mp with this information and ask for their support to have our services available and i just want to do a shout out to Juno embarker anyway juno has been around not obvious but very active in the harm reduction field yeah, for a long time. drug use yeah. for a very long time i'm very proud to have known him and he's a, a, he's a good man. He's much admired and does not promote himself. Mm-hmm. And this, that's very unusual, in, uh, particularly in a field like drug and alcohol, where if you want to make your presence known or if you want to have any ambition, you have to shout out and call yourself a, you know, mm. a wonderful human being Because no one else is going to do it on your behalf It just doesn't happen <laughs> as a rule Anyway, good for you Geno, and good for the Pill for pill Testing Australia Harm Reduction Australia, beg your pardon um, And let's Just go over those times By the way The uh, the drug testing uh, Checking service is at 1 More Street It's open from 10am to 1pm On Thursday, Six PM to 9 PM on Friday. That's every week. So 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Thursday and 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Friday evenings. The flyer says start low, go slow and test your drugs. And this is Australia's first fixed site drug checking service. So as we said, powders, potions, pills, you can get those things checked at the drug checking service. And we're very proud. To have been, Karma's been thanked by Gino and I, I thank Gino for doing that mm. and, you know, saying that her, Karma was involved in that because
0: they were very actively involved in that and good for Chris for being there and doing that. And it's a very important um, development for Karma. Like in the past, you know, look, rightly so, it was based around bloodborne viruses from the HIV epidemic. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, essentially it was mostly inject- it was a, injectors yeah. of opioids and other substances, yeah. but there's a whole new generation of drugs. There's yeah. a whole doof and rave music festival scene. And it has a,
1: nothing to do with injecting. Nothing to do with injecting. It's all to do with other methods of introducing drugs into your system. And other genres of drugs. Oh, which, absolutely. And a new one, you know, virtually every week there are new kinds of drugs available. So finding out what kind of harm the drug you're about to take can do is really important. And using the drug checking service, I think is a really good idea. And I'd be, just be really interested to know, you know, the quality of drugs that we are consuming these days. And this idea of getting information and uh, the quality or the amount, if you like, or the level of the drug you think you are taking in the pill or the potion or the the uh, powder that you're about to consume or ingest because it's not just about injecting is a fabulous
0: idea. So good yeah. for home
1: reduction Australia.
0: Actually, what you just said, Mary, made me think I've been a subscriber to Choice magazine, you know, that yeah. does, you know, defend consumer rights in Australia and, yeah, you know, does surveys of new products and stuff like that. Whether they'd be prepared to, You know, sort of discuss this area because essentially it's about, you know, consumer information.
1: I don't know if uh, Michael Moore is still the president or the CEO of Choice. I know he was with consumer, uh, not consumer health, but um, consumers' forum. Public. Public. Yeah. Anyway. It just might be interesting to find out whether Choice would be interested in reporting on the results maybe that they get because the Australian Institute of Health and Welfare and the ANU are going to be evaluating the project. So it might be interesting to find out if they would be prepared to write a piece which would make it more universally available to, yeah, I, I think that's a good question, Jeffrey.
0: Very well, good question. Essentially, you can bring it down to the issue of consumer rights, yeah. whether the drugs are legal or illegal. Absolutely. Still, you know, we're trying to get a safe supply as a way to, you know... Ensure that people know what they're getting. And um, that's what we've been all about for forever, haven't it? You know, being
1: able to fight to know what we're getting because we haven't ever known what we're getting because we're buying black market drugs. We have to And no
0: way to check. Yeah. There's
1: no way to check on what they are because they're illegal. I mean, but this is making this is the first step in a whole process that could open up I don't know information for drug users that they've never had access to before, unless you knew somebody who was a chemist or a biochemist at the ANU, (laughs) and you know, and so that meant it was sort of individual person-to-person contact. This is a publicly available
0: facility, Hmm. and it's a very exciting idea indeed. Yeah well they've got the state of the art machines the first one is uh, an FTIS, a Fourier transform infrared spectrography machine, (laughs) takes about five minutes and then they've got an ultra performance liquid chromatography machine which is even more sophisticated. So it's not just like it's some basic thing that says. Um, yeah. Well, you know, yes, this has. Yes, it's got drugs, drugs in, it or, in no, it, or it hasn't yeah.
1: got drugs in it. So it's got a, the capacity to actually
0: test properly. Highly sophisticated, yeah. and I think as time goes by, the um, data that will be built up will be. Could be used for all sorts of research and,
1: and and Jeffrey, it'll be more reliable, less spurious information than simply testing wastewater, oh, which yeah. I have always had problems. As you know, I've said this almost every week that I have problems relying on the testing of wastewater as a way of identifying what kind of drugs are being used by how many people, illicit drugs well, are it's being a used, blunt used by how many people. It, a blunt Absolutely, yeah. it's not. There's nothing sophisticated about that. It's a, a, an easy way of making sure that somebody's particular pet project is funded.
0: And it's not cheap. That's no. the other thing. I mean, I can think of a million things that would be better spend that money on than testing oh,
1: <laughs> than, than testing urine feces, yeah. yeah. basically, Ooh, or well, wastewater. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And more specific, yes. more sophisticated and giving us better information than we've had, than this, that wastewater testing provides for us. And I'm sorry if you're a, a wastewater researcher, but I'm sorry I find it really spurious information to base decisions on,
0: yeah, policy decisions or legal decisions. It really worries me. Yeah, there's just a, a couple of pointers about people that haven't been there um, Typically upon arrival, you'll be greeted by a peer support worker who helps talk you through the process and they're aware of the risks and anxieties associated with drug use and can support you. And that includes signing a waiver stating that you've been advised of the drug's contents and you'll be asked to anonymously identify the substances you believe are in your pills or drugs. And you just give a very small sample of the drug, of your drug to be put through the testing equipment. Testing and consultation can be as quick as 20 minutes but may take a little longer. Depends on the substance being tested and the testing methods. Once the test is complete, staff will have a chat to you about your results and discuss how to reduce harm. So it's actually a great way. A lot of people have never connected with any service before. Absolutely,
1: and and never have, have they had access to information um, about what the effects of the drugs that they think they are taking or the drugs that they are expect to take, what they are meant to do to them, let alone what they what other effects they will do, except from the from the don't do it lobby, mm. yeah, from the the it'll only kill you, it'll only make you. You know, it'll turn you into a prostitute. It'll make you want to jump off, you know, cliffs and commit suicide because, you know, that kind of... um,
0: Sensationalist sort of, yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Sensationalist rubbish, BS, basically, that people have been used to. Just the stuff that we've been given to swallow in terms of information for the last 60 years is just ludicrous. Yeah, And it's, you know, just a, the whole point has been forever that we do not trust what government says mm. because they've told us lies for such a long time. And they've
0: lost credibility particularly because of it. relating to drugs. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All anyway. right. Anyway, getting the news the service. Um, we've got the 11 o'clock uh, national news coming up, so yep. we shall return after the news. See you in a minute. All right, it's coming up on four minutes after 11, and you're listening to news from the drug war front, brought to you by Karma, the Canberra Alliance for Harm Minimisation and Advocacy. And I just wanted to um, mention, I think we um, first uh, let people know about this last week, but it's a drug warning from the New South Wales government about... Um, fake alprazolam which used to be called Xanax and there's evidently quite a lot of counterfeit product that's hit the market. The tablets have variable appearance and can look like a variety of local or overseas alprazolam 2 milligram brands such as Karma, K-A-L-M-A, Xanax, Mylan. Products not purchased at pharmacies are high, at high risk of being uh, counterfeit. It's often poorly manufactured and the ingredients and amounts can vary substantially. Testing of counterfeit alprazolam has shown that most counterfeit tablets do not even contain alprazolam. Instead, they contain unregistered illicit benzodiazepines and other drugs, which can be uh, way more harmful. And it says um, to look out for effects such as difficulty speaking or walking, drowsiness, loss of consciousness, slow breathing, snoring and skin turning blue, be on the lookout for unexpected effects and um, seek immediate help by calling triple zero. and start CPR if someone's not breathing, because, of course, this is not an opioid, so uh, naloxone is not going to be of any help at all. Um, Okay, I might go to another song. This is uh, Ministry and uh, Jesus Built My Hot Rod.
2: Soon I discovered
0: that this rock
2: thing was true. Jerry Lee Lewis of the devil. Jesus was an architect previous to his career as a prophet. All of a sudden, I found myself in love with the world, so there was only one thing that I could do, was ding-a-ding-dang my dang-a-long-ling-long. <laughs> a love affair mainly jesus and
0: my hot rod yeah fuck it all right that was ministry and jesus built my hot rod
1: (laughs) 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 so that was for dave i to do a shout out to mary moon who i just got a text from in the car and listening to the news from the drug war front good on you hey mary moon how are you
0: this morning yeah shout out to all our regulars and um anyone who uh, listens to the show later on podcast um Thank you very much. Okay, we've got a good news story to report. Um, you know, anyone who knows anything about prohibition knows that it's hit Latin America uh, really hard. Given that well, the backyard of the, the US, it's basically the United States of North and South America, isn't it? Really, when you think about it. And how many um, times has the US, you know, intervened politically or undermined governments or engineered coups and or made sure that the people that they
1: want to have in power are well and truly armed and can kill the people that they don't want to have in power.
0: (laughs) It's not a pretty story. No. But um, recently, the first ever uh, leftist president was elected in Colombia. Mm. And he has uh, made some statements at his uh, inauguration... Uh, saying that he wants a rethink on the global war on drugs. This is from BBC News, August the 8th, by Leo Sands. Colombian President Gustavo Petro has called for a fresh global strategy to combat illegal drugs trafficking. Speaking at his inauguration, the country's first ever left-wing leader declared the, quote, war on drugs a failure. Hundreds of thousands of people died in Colombia's decades-long civil war, fuelled in part by the narcotics trade. The 62-year-old former mayor of Bogota, an ex-rebel fighter, was elected in June on a radical manifesto promising to fight inequality and ban new oil projects. Mr Petro told the crowd of his supporters in Bogota that it is now time for a new global convention that, quote, accepts that the war on drugs has failed.
1: That's, good on him, yeah, we've known that forever But yeah, he's the first guy to stand up and say so Yeah,
0: Whilst in power Whilst yeah. in
1: power, instead With of being an ex-something or other well, how, the,
0: how many ex-leaders how many have come out and, said, and said
1: it's failed? Yeah, but only when they're ex- yeah. yeah No, so
0: good for him Um, It has left a million dead Latin Americans during 40 years, I would say at least, and it leaves 70,000 North Americans dead by overdose each year. Mm. More than 50 years ago, United States President Richard Nixon kick-started a global anti-narcotics strategy that emphasised criminalisation and the use of police, which became known as the War on Drugs. Colombia's newly sworn-in president said the strategy had merely strengthened the power of mafia gangs and weakened Latin American states for over decades. Absolutely. In Colombia, which, according to
1: estimates, produces more than half the world's cocaine, criminal groups and local militias are heavily involved in the drugs production and transportation to consumers around the world, including in the US and Europe. Mr Petro's predecessor, Ivan Duke, made the war on drugs a key priority of his government enlisting substantial U.S. support to crack down on cocaine production across the Colombian countryside. Supporters cheered Colombia's new president at his inauguration speech on Sunday. More than 100,000 supporters gathered in Bogotá's main square on Sunday to watch former Marxist rebel make history by being sworn in as Colombia's first left-wing leader. He will serve with Francia Marquez, who was elected alongside Mr. Petro to serve as Colombia's first black vice-president. Quote, I do not want two countries, just as I do not want two societies. I want a strong, just and united Colombia. Mr. Petro said after being sworn in. Reuters News Agency reports. June's vote was held amidst widespread discontent at the way the country had been run and there were new anti-government protests last year in which dozens of people died. The new leader was elected on a radical manifesto to fight inequality by providing free university education pension reforms and high taxes on unproductive lands, a departure for Colombia which up until now has voted only conservative presidents into office. He also pledged to fully implement a 2016 peace deal that ended a 50-year-long conflict with the communist guerrilla group FARC, and to, select, and to seek negotiations with the still active ELN rebels, Mr. Petro's inauguration marks a major political change in direction for the country, which for decades has been led by moderates and conservatives, mostly by conservatives and mostly by US-backed conservatives. Yes. Yeah, and that the the beauty of this statement. I think for, for Colombia, if for nowhere else, will at least indicate to the population and probably to the world if they are listening and you would think they would be, that the only way you can run a war is actually to by making an illegal substance like cocaine or heroin, um, at keeping it illegal, mm. so that by uh, corrupting officials and making sure that your illegal substances are still illegal and therefore very expensive they can be exchanged for weapons and that has been the case in many countries where we have and we've said this every week Jeffrey every time either a leader or an executive officer or an ex-police commissioner has gone out of office they've said once they are out of office, that the drug war has failed. We now have a current, newly elected Mm. president saying the drug war has failed, we've got to do it a different way. And that is exciting. Yeah, and
0: calling for a change to the UN conventions.
1: Look, it's fabulous. It's got to be seen as a big kick in the boot For the propaganda war, which is what the war on drugs has been largely about, propaganda um, and corruption and a big tick and a big wave to, okay, gang, what you're doing may be illegal at the moment, but we're not going to pursue you for it. Mm. We're going to do something about making either it available legally
0: or making sure that what you're doing you are not punished for? Well, it has been other countries like Bolivia where they were... Talking about you know using coca leaves, which has been part of their culture because they're at you know high altitude, yeah, and it helps with altitude sickness and hunger, It does indeed.
1: Uh, yeah, I know people who have been over there for and uh, have been drinking coca tea so they can walk at high altitude, walk yes. through the mountains. Yeah, yes, there are uh, you know medical uses that go back you know thousands of years in Absolutely. cultures of these. And I mean, lignocaine is drawn from cocaine and.
0: Used by dentists everywhere, yeah, yeah, no look it just it, it's beginning to be a groundswell. Like you said, now that somebody on the day of their inauguration has come out so clearly, um, it might you know engender some discussion at UN level. And, and at least it should engender
1: discussion, if not a change in the way people think, well, at least. It has yeah? to be
0: a positive, and I just hope he's got a good security detail.
1: Oh, so do I. Because you always
0: worry when somebody comes out with such a, a progressive agenda. Indeed. That, um, and,
1: and the, you know, the really the biggest worry is, in fact, as you say, he needs a really good security uh, detail around him to make sure that some country representatives are not making sure that the man lives no longer to maintain that message because the message is sensible the way he is presenting his position is sensible Hmm. it's not about maintaining propaganda it's not not about a war on drug users the thing has failed the war on drug users has failed. Yep. Drug users still exist and always will and always have,
0: Jeffrey. And all it's done is lead to an expansion of novel psychoactives, new drugs. That's
1: right. Labs
0: cranking out things with changed molecules here and there. You know what I mean? And yes. The, the internet and the dark web and, you know, people yeah. are getting access to all sorts of things. You know, like
1: New drugs with... And, you know, the whole thing about this drug checking service is that not only have we been getting drugs that we don't know what we're taking and um, but we don't know what they're going to do to us. We don't know what the intended effects are. We don't know what the side effects are. We don't know what the contraindications are which mean we don't know what you shouldn't take Hmm. at the same time as what you shouldn't be doing at the same time as taking the drug. So it's, a you know, the whole... The whole perspective of this Colombian president of Petro is really quite sensible. And, you know, he should be widely applauded for him. And 100,000 people out there listening to his speech are going, good on you, mate. Yeah, You're yeah. a smart chap.
0: Very positive story.
1: Absolutely. Good for him. And look, yeah, it's a, a something we've been talking about for such a long time. It can be done in Colombia, it can be done just about anywhere. And look, AC2, small as it is, is, has been renowned for a long time now, for, what, since 1984 at least, for being first in Australia or doing demonstration, providing demonstration models on things like the naloxone, the other prevention program. Uh, The needle exchange program was a a national
0: demonstration model. And the equipment available at ACT and SP is the the best in Australia? Absolutely, and the selection is the best. And in fact, they have changed
1: the way in which they the kind of equipment that they make available from feedback Feedback from from. users of the service. And that's really important. Mm. It's very sensitive to their community, the people that they are dealing with. And you cannot deny that 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 has not changed the way in which people you know, use and dispose of their equipment.
2: Mm.
1: We've, you know, been very cautious about making sure that we, that this used equipment is disposed of sensibly. Mm. Don't just toss it. No, it's not just been tossed, it's been disposed of. And there are, yeah, I don't know, I just think the whole, the sense of publicly taking notice of the fact that drug use exists Mm. is,
0: Crucial part of bringing about change. so
1: important. And connecting with drug users and taking notice of what they do and that they are entitled to live a healthy life. should not be a novelty, but it is. It shouldn't be mind-boggling. It shouldn't be as mind-boggling as it is. (laughs) Very pleased to hear about it and very excited thinking that the way in which we may be able to get the United Nations not to rescind its motions, but simply to rethink its approach to what, to how they're alienating a great proportion of the world's population.
0: Yeah. And you're yeah? having a war on your own citizens. That's
1: right. Who do you want to kill people because they use illicit drugs? Yeah. And why make the drugs illicit? Why anyway? Look, we it's do mine, this every yeah, week. I know mine, we ha- it's a rave, but this whole, you know, the Petro's got to be congratulated.
0: Absolutely,
1: uh, good on him. We'll follow his progress and we'll keep you up to date with it from yep. here, as we did with Duterte, and from oh, a negative point of sorry. view. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'll follow up with what Marcos is doing too, and see if he's still making that you know, a per capita murder of uh, alleged
0: yeah, ju- extra
1: drug users, extrajudicial extra jud- yeah. murders, actually, yes. So, yeah, we keep you up to date with that and, and because that kind of stuff is really important to you and it's important to us because that's why we present this program is because we want to see the policies and the laws changed so that people can come out be part of society again. Be and just citizens. Have a safe supply and go about their lives. And say, stay well, stay healthy, and not die simply because they have to stay undercover. Yeah. Yeah. They're not allowed to be. You know, we lose so many, Tragic. so many tragically, yeah. so many clever people because they use illicit drugs. And Jeffrey, yeah. always remember, your mate who died at that. Harm Reduction Conference because he was using by himself.
2: Yeah. And was.
1: yet he was acknowledge, an acknowledged peer. Yeah, yeah. Right? He was a,
0: a well peer known educator, yeah. a
1: well-known peer, but he had to use in secret. Why? And he didn't have to die, shouldn't have had to no. die. That he felt that he had to use in secret. And yet we go out and have a drink with our buddies. Yeah. It's all right to go out and get.
0: Yeah, you do have to hide out your on your own. And then yeah. go
1: home and build the hell out of your partner and the kids. But you can't have a shot or you can't have a smoke or you can't have a, a snort or, you know, that the, yeah, the drugs that we have been known to use over the last 50, 60 years have been the propaganda that's been promoted mm. about it and the way in which we've been treated as human beings is... <clears throat> Negligible. We haven't been considered human beings, and the
0: harms are incalculable.
1: That's right, and that they have the harms that they've engendered yes. through the way we've been treated, and it's been acknowledged time and again that an input's, you know, human rights app for drug users there is is for me was you know was a great surprise. To know that we were allowed, entitled to do that. But I just think that it's all too
0: good and I hope that he keeps going the way he's going. Yep, way to go, Gustavo Petro. All right, uh, for those who like to go out and nightclub, this is uh, Nightclubbing by Iggy Pop. Ziggy Pop From the album The Idiot And Night Clubbing Okay mm. It's coming up On 29 Minutes To uh, Midday You're with Jeff and Marion In Studio One Two X People Powered Radio 98.3 FM On News from the Drug War Front News from the Drug War Front And, and we've the got next article. Another Overseas story Yes,
1: yes. Next one is uh, once feared, illicit fentanyl is now the drug of choice for many opioid users. This is from the United States by Erica Edwards, ABC well sorry, nbcnews.com, August sixth. People with opioid use disorder are increasingly seeking out fentanyl, often smoking it. Now, this is according to NBC in the United States, I might add. One of the deadliest street drugs, illicit fentanyl, has transitioned from a hidden killer that people often hope to avoid to one that many drug users now seek out on its own. The shift to intentional use of fentanyl underscores a worrying trend in the country's ongoing opioid epidemic. Experts say that a growing number of people that a growing number of people have become so tolerant to opioids like heroin, they're turning to the synthetic compound, which is up to 50 times stronger. Again, the the, the problem with statistics is that you know there's lies, damned lies, and statistics. Until recently, that was not in the article, that was me making that statement. Until recently, intentional use of fentanyl was mostly limited to the West Coast. But in the past few years, addiction specialists have seen an uptick in the use of the drug across the country. Here's a quote from Dr. Arkeel Anand, a psychiatrist at the Cleveland Clinic who specializes in addiction. Two years ago, I would have thought this was crazy, he said. Now, Anand said, he's seeing a lot more people in Ohio seeking out illicit fentanyl as their drug of choice. In medical settings, Fentanyl is used to treat patients in severe pain. And we know that people with chronic hepatitis C actually have um, fentanyl used as their pain relief option or their option for pain relief. And a lot of cancer sufferers are given Indeed. patches. And, yeah, yeah. Um, It's used to treat patients in, such as people just out of surgery. Fentanyl skin patches are sometimes prescribed for severe pain for use at home. But fentanyl first made its way into the illicit drug supply about 10 years ago, particularly in areas east of the Mississippi River. The white powder looked just like heroin, but was much cheaper. Drug dealers started mixing the two drugs as a way to stretch out their heroin supply. Fentanyl also started showing up in
0: non-opioid drugs such as cocaine and fake versions of prescription pills. And no wonder... People suffered adverse consequences. Absolutely, and started overdosing if they didn't know that that's naive. what they were getting.
1: Yeah, Thinking absolutely.
0: Having cocaine or some, you know an upper, or
1: and and that was what I you know the first time I heard of fentanyl being you know included with cocaine or with benzodiazepines. I thought, why? why? Would What's you
0: going on? Yeah. Add an yeah.
1: opiate to a drug like that when you know the the difference in in uh, in effect of fentanyl oh, or the addition of fentanyl to cocaine would be like speedballing yeah, it used to be in the old days. Why would you be doing that consciously? Well, cheap sent and
0: you think you're giving people more bang for their buck well, and you're making more money. You can make more money, mm. yeah. You can spin it a lot further, absolutely. And that's been largely responsible for the carnage in North America. And that's in right. right. Yeah. Well,
1: that and the propaganda, yes. the maintenance of the war on drug users, yeah. And lack of access to NSP. The information, lack of access to information yeah. NSP opioid replacement treatment therapies, yeah. the treatment of human beings as less than, yeah. well, you know, drug-using human beings as less than yeah. and as other.
0: Yeah. Now the shadowy addition of fentanyl to the illegal drug supply sent deadly, ob- deadly overdoses skyrocketing amongst the users who were unaware that they were using such a strong drug. By 2021, fentanyl was involved in the vast majority of overdose deaths, according to the National Centre for Health Statistics. Mary Ward, president of the McLeod Addiction Centre in Charlotte, North Carolina, has noticed the shift towards a preference for fentanyl in her home state. She's quoted as saying, some people thought they were buying heroin on the street and it turned out to be fentanyl. They ended up liking it better. Alex Kral, a Berkeley, California-based epidemiologist who studies uh, illicit drugs at the non-profit research institute, RTI International, said he's heard from users that once they start using fentanyl, it's very tough to go back to using heroin because they don't get the same high. What's more, experts said people are increasingly moving from injecting fentanyl to smoking it. Quote, my prediction would be that smoking fentanyl will be the norm within a year among those who use the drug on its own, said Dr. Daniel uh, a professor of family community medicine at the University of California Sounds San like Francisco. a self-fulfilling prophecy, doesn't it? It does, it mm. does Uh, Titicarone said the shift from injecting smoking could be seen as a form of harm reduction in that it eliminates the risk of infection spread through shared needles, including uh, HIV, hep C and bacteria that can cause um, heart infections. Mm. Mm. Quote, it's nice not to have to use your veins or not inject. And so a lot of people would prefer not to be doing that. Carl said, I think we're going to see more and more people smoking fentanyl than injecting it. Others are concerned that because smoking fentanyl is easier and often more appealing than injecting, it could result in more widespread use. And there's no data to suggest that smoking fentanyl reduces the risk for fatal overdose. Quote, I don't know that we're at a place where we can say, hey, maybe you should smoke it instead, said Dr Chris Cast, clinical director of the Addiction Consult Service at Vanderbilt University in Nashville it would be hard for me to feel confident in, recon- in recommending that to somebody. I wonder if he'd recommend
1: anything to somebody in terms of drug use, just between you, me and the gate point. Mm. Anyway, Anyway, look, the other thing that we know about fentanyl, it, it's from another article that we haven't read anyway, <coughs> is that one snort of uh, the naloxone, the uh, opioid reversing agent, um, is enough to reduce the, the uh, deadly effect of fentanyl. Yeah, so it does if, work you know, on If it works on fentanyl, then it, you know, remember that you can get that by attending opioid overdose um, training reversal. Training workshop. Yeah, the and, training yeah. that Dave provides from Karma. Dave and Damo provide from Karma. Anyway, while fentanyl overdoses can be reversed with naloxone, the high potency of the drug means more naloxone is needed to con- con- counteract it, both Anand and Ward said which was not what this other article said, I might add, the drug also caused a shorter-lived high than other opioids, meaning users must track the, the drug more frequently to avoid withdrawal. Quote, usually by the time somebody is transitioning to fentanyl, they're already needing to use pretty consistently through the day to feel normal. To not be in withdrawal, Cast said. Uh, he goes on to say, as they're progressing to fentanyl, they're going to have to use it more often in order to manage that withdrawal. And for fentanyl users receiving treatment for their addiction, doctors must prescribe higher doses of medications like suboxone and methadone to control their withdrawals. Quote, because fentanyl is so powerful, patients are having greater physical withdrawals, Ward said. We've seen an uptick in the amount of medications we've had to prescribe for some patients just to keep them stable. The interesting thing for that for me is they've never taken any notice in my experience of the opioid replacement therapies and never take any notice of the dose that you use that you start on a, a particular dose in every case. Mm. Um, and build up slowly. And then build up slowly because otherwise, because we all know the drug users lie. And this is, you know, one of those myths. Drug users lie in order to get the drugs that they want. Well, they have to, yeah, because they don't get opioid replacement therapy just as a matter of fact. You have to prove that you're in withdrawal so before you get a replacement. Yeah. That's right, before yeah. you get replacement therapy. You have to stop using and be obviously in withdrawals. So, which, you know, for me, means, well, why on earth would you jump through that hoop when you can still get your drugs on the street? Why would you want to,
0: unless you absolutely had to? Well, I think it just shows how even a drug with such a track record as heroin is being supplanted by a, a synthetic opiate created in a lab that can be mass-produced cheaply and used you know to beef yep. up poor quality heroin or as you said earlier cut with um, drugs like cocaine etc it's yeah,
1: just to, to make it into it something else altogether the recipe a recipe for disaster it just sounds like a recipe for. it also sounds like an opportunity for um opioid, which is privately controlled in the united states their um, health system well, over there is a private, the they're for profit. they're for-profit organisations yeah. and that's a real issue. You really yeah. have to rethink whatever comes out of their mouths or whatever they're quoted as saying because they're always doing it with bucks in mind, yeah, with dollars in mind. Well,
0: it's another good thing about the ACT, it's the cheapest um, consumer well, charge it is.
1: in yeah. Australia.
0: a week. All right, we'll go to another song and then we'll um, wrap up this week's show. This is one of my all-time favourite Australian tracks. It's by The Church and it's uh, Under the Milky Way. I saw them live many times back in the day. It's a beautiful song. Yeah, it's a gorgeous song.
2: place gets kind and of empty Sound of their breath fades with the light I think about the loveless fascination Under the milky
0: song, uh, the that church it was, yeah. under the Milky Way.
1: Gorgeous.
0: Look, we found another story uh, that sort of... Um, it uh,
1: really goes along with the street, the doesn't
0: it? Yeah. Yeah, of the show today.
1: It says Virginia County reports presence of opioid more deadly than fentanyl. Now, how about this, gang? Talk about a comp- competition for customers. This really beats a bunch This is by Bradford Betts from Yahoo News, August the 1st. Virginia State Police say they've recovered a synthetic opioid even more powerful and deadly than fentanyl, according to a local report. Protonitazine is a new synthetic opioid that's around three times more powerful than fentanyl, which is, you know, as we heard from the last thing, was 50 times more powerful than heroin. Ridiculous. Um, which is already 50 times more stronger than heroin, a thousand more strong ty- stronger than morphine. In December, the Center for Forensic Science Research and Education warned that nitrosines, that's in quotes, were gaining traction across the United States and Canada. Dr. Kimberly Lane, a chemistry professor professor at Radford University, told WFXR TV. But protonitazine binds tighter to receptors in the brain, making it more potent. She said the drug has started to become a concern in the la- in just the last few months. Quote: because it's a fairly new drug, they're still looking at how it binds and what it might what that might look like. Lane said.
0: Well, it's just, get, like you said, a race to... A uh, race right, to customer
1: base, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, Narcan, also known as naloxone, is a life-saving drug that can be used to help people experiencing opiate overdose. A single nasal spray is usually sufficient to help someone experiencing an overdose caused uh, by fentanyl. However, somebody may need two or three times that in order to treat um, this new drug... Uh, Protonatazine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you can pronounce it
1: now. <laughs> I practised. Good one. <laughs>
0: Fox News has reached out to Victoria State Police for more details on the encounter, and will update the story accordingly. Fentanyl overdoses, meanwhile, have proliferated nationwide in recent years as the illicit drug has made its way into counterfeit pill. Counterfeit pills, almost always unbeknown to users. Last year, United States overdose deaths soared to a record of 107,000, driven overwhelmingly by fentanyl and other illegal op- opioids. 107,000, Jeffrey. That's Horrible. I mean, mate. for anything else, it'd be national outcry.
1: Absolutely.
0: But, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's, can it's
1: I a... afford? Oh, you know, it sounds to me in a lot of ways like. Uh, genocide, yeah.
0: Well, I've used that think? term. I've used that term to describe a systemic yeah. policy that you know is going to lead to you know to huge death, numbers of at deaths. large
1: numbers of people from it's, a particular class. Is yeah? that genocide? I mean, I think that's what it equals. I think that's the pure definition of genocide. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I, I agree. Okay, finishes. Opioid prescriptions have fallen about forty percent in the last decade with greater restrictions. Um, in in place by hospitals, insurers and state officials. But deaths tied to medi- medications remain at 13 to 14,000 per year. And studies suggest people who become dependent on opioids continue to start with prescription opioids before making the switch to cheaper heroin and then illicitly made fentanyl.
1: Now, we have to remember, and you've got to remember that anything that comes out of the United States is going to be based on bucks anyway, because their health system is a for-profit um,
0: model. Yeah. Model,
1: yes, and because Australia has a not-for-profit or is funded sorry funded by the government largely medicare um you can get privately insured of course but you generally do not have to pay large amounts of money for your treatment of whatever illness you're in but when we get stories like this that come from the united states you have to wonder about what's underlying the philosophy of, of providing this kind of information. So look, there's another drug just come out fifty times stronger than the one that's fifty times stronger than Mm -hmm. the heroin that we wanted and a hundred times or a thousand times stronger than the morphine.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: When are they gonna stop doing this, buddy? Competition for Mm -hmm. customers. Well And why do they
0: do that? Well, because the Mighty Buck begs them to. And prohibition has turned, you know, quite Cheap commodities into very pricey ones.
1: Well, stuff that you can produce in your own backyard if you wanted to, basically. Uh, And, in fact, we had a very close mutual friend who used to grow a crop of poppies every year, yeah? Not necessarily to make them into... um, opioids, or, you know, to use the the juice that came out of the poppy, but just because she liked the plant. Yeah, well, they do
0: produce beautiful flowers. Yeah,
1: beautiful flowers, gorgeous flowers, and and yeah, strange reason, in fact, it's interesting that, you know, the red poppy is, in fact, the symbol of the end of the war. the First World War, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. But it's uh, something that we need to think very seriously about, and make sure that we're not being just totally, you know this stuff is enough to make you want to go and scream I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore out the window because the constant competition by producing yet another opioid that doesn't sound like an opioid, that proton what is it? Protonitazine I've never heard of it. I've never heard of either and Anyway, now we have a drug checking clinic. Yep. We yes. can find out what might be in uh, the drugs that we have. And with any luck, people will go in and have a check, at, look and see what's in Absolutely. the drugs that they have been taking. Um, it's open from,
0: what was it? 10, 10 a.m. 10 10 one Thursday. to 1
1: p.m. on Thursday and 6 till 9 on, on Friday. Friday night. Yep. Every week and look, at hope, one
0: more street. Hopefully the hours... Uh, will be expanded in the future or tweaked, you know, depending on...
1: Let's see what the uptake's like, yeah? Yes, I exactly. think that's probably what it is.
0: Exactly. And how useful the information
1: is. I think that we'll find that the information that is gained
0: from that will be so valuable that they will want to make it more widely available. Oh, it's so much more accurate than the um, surveys and IDRS once and the, a year. And <laughs> the personal experience, because yeah. it's so subjective.
1: Hmm. You know, how you react to a particular drug has to do with how you feel, what you took beforehand, what you're going to do with the drug once you're on it, how you've ingested it, uh, what other drugs you're on at the same time. You know, the whole range range of of subjective factors that are important and make an impact on on the way the drug affects you. Whereas... This drug checking clinic will be an objective assessment of what drug or what quantity of drug or what quality of drug. And that's what we've wanted to know all our drug using lies. Yeah. Yeah. Accurate information has been
0: unavailable?
1: Well, impossible to get. The only time I was ever able to get was when I was working in the drug and alcohol sector, Geoffrey, and Robin McEwen, who is no longer with us, bless her soul, you know, pardon me for using your name in vain, Robin, who used to work at the, what was then the Poisons Information Centre, but was Woden, based at Woden uh, Pharmacy. I would ring her and say, what does this drug do? Robin And she would spend three quarters of an hour, which drove me crazy, three quarters of an hour telling me exactly what the effects of the drug were. No lies. Yeah. She didn't lie to me because I was a professional mm. or seemed to be a professional. So she told me what it did. Or This is from the proprietary prescriptions guide. So it was from a manual yeah. for doctors, not an advertising manual like MIMS. Yes. She told me what it did, what the contraindications were, what the intended effects were What the unintended consequences Of it could be done So I, that was the only way I could get information But I rang the poisons Information line yep, And was not because I was not a professional in the field, they wouldn't give me the information. On in,
0: information is power. It and this is, it is this power, absolutely. Drug checking service is a real Probably my bottom line, Geoffrey. You yep. could
1: have said, shut up, Marion. Information is power. That's the point. So <laughs> get out
0: there and... Um, get your drugs checked. Utilise this uh, breakthrough service. It's a
1: great thing. And Congratulations to
0: Harm Reduction Everyone in involved. Everyone yeah. involved, and, absolutely. Um, it's uh, well done to... The ACT. Yeah. Indeed, yeah. yeah. All right, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back again next Tuesday. Stay safe, look yep. after yourself. And look after each other. Yes. And we love you and
1: we'll talk to you. We'll see you next week. Well, we'll talk to you next week.
0: Next week. And we'll leave you with uh, The Stranglers' Golden Brown. <laughs>
2: And she runs throughout the night